When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The word this spring training has been competition. It will remain competition. It's going to be competition probably all the way through opening day in Cincinnati and, and maybe not even ending there. But one group of players, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of competition there. And if we're reading the tea leaves right, it could cost someone who made a really good impression in September their roster spot. Good morning, and welcome to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. We've heard about competition for backup catcher. That, that's nothing new. We've heard competition for the outfield. That was expected. We've heard about competition in the bullpen. That looks pretty interesting. We've heard about competition at second base. And whenever you're talking about Rodolfo Castro, Jiwon Bay, Tucapito Marcano, like those are three players with some upside. We've come a far, a long way since a year ago or a year or two ago, whenever it was, well, Josh Van Meter has a roster spot because who else is it going to go to? There's some genuine competition here. Maybe not so for the rotation. Now, to clarify, I did ask Derek Shelton this, and he said, yes, we do have competition, but more so we have depth. And there's a couple ways to interpret depth. One is the rookies. Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester, Mike Burrows, three guys who look like they could be major league starters. Three guys who over the course of the last year, have spent time on a top 100 prospect list. Priester's kind of fringe right now, and Burroughs has dropped off it, but look, the guy is still a talented young pitcher. Three guys that they could have really used last year. Last year, we saw what happens whenever a couple guys get down, and whenever you get into August, and Max Kranich's injured, and Quintana has been traded, and all of a sudden, you're starting Tyler Beatty in a regular bullpen game one out of every five days because Contreras has a planned shutdown, and the guy you just traded for in Oviedo isn't stretched out. It's just you're between a rock and a hard place, and you just got to find a way, somehow, some way, to pitch nine innings that night. 
That's a problem that I think has been alleviated. I don't think this team is going to be relying on a waiver claim to start games in August this year. They signed a couple veterans in Rich Hill and Vince Velazquez, something that they were very open early on. We are going to do this. They have a couple guys coming back. Mitch Keller, Ronzi Contreras, and people sleep on JT Brubaker, but he had a decent year last year. No, he's not an opening day starter, really. But if he's someone, if he's your four or five, you could do a lot worse. And he's someone who's been reliable and who's thrown more games, more innings than anyone these last two years. You can't discredit that. Maybe not an absolutely set-in-stone guaranteed roster spot in the same way that Vince Velazquez doesn't have an absolutely set-in-stone guaranteed roster spot, but Velazquez signed because he was going to get that chance to start. Brubaker deserves that chance to start. Where does that leave one pitcher in particular? And that's Johan Oviedo. Oviedo looked really good in September. Definitely some things still to iron out. He changed his fastball grip. Sometimes it led to some deeper counts. Sometimes it led to some problems that needed alleviated. He was growing on the job. You're allowed to do that whenever you're a young pitcher, especially in a September call-up audition. It was a good audition. And yeah, I I can't discredit the chances the Pirates do something crazy early on in the year. Like maybe they go with a six-man rotation. Maybe they do some sort of hybrid pitchers or piggyback like we saw, you know, last year in 2020. That's all possible. But if they don't get creative... And nobody gets injured? Does Oviedo really have a chance at this opening day rotation? And to add furthermore to that, does he make the opening day team? I've got a couple clips here to play. The first is me asking Oscar Marine, the pitching coach, does he have a preference of what to do with Oviedo if he's not in the rotation? I mean, as of right now, we need starter depth, right? So it's one of those things where if, if that happened, um, I think as a starter would be the most optimal for him and for us. Um, as we look at our, our, our potential rotation, there's a mix of a number of guys, but depending on how it shakes out, you guys saw last year, we need starter depth throughout the organization, and he would be one. Now I'm going to play that alongside me talking to Oviedo of what's his preference if, if same situation happens, does he want to start or does he want to, even in the minor leagues, or does he want to go into a major league bullpen? How many times have you looked up in camp? Because you're tall, dude. Like you got, you got O'Neal, you got Anhel. You might be the small forward on this, on this basketball team now. This is a good problem to have. You would rather have (laughs) too many starters than not enough. Let's be clear here. And even if something 
happens and Oviedo starts in the minors to start the year, he's going to get major league opportunities. Priester didn't get a lot of AAA ball. Mike Burroughs got more, but also was roughed around for a little bit and then had a shoulder injury. There's development to be had there. As much as I would love to see Luis Ortiz, you know, be in competition for an opening day, you know, spot in the rotation, I'm, I'm doubtful. And there's development to be done there, too. It's, it's not like he, there is no benefit to keeping him down in, in AAA. He could grow there also and then get called up to the major leagues, which is, you know, the, what a coincidence. The Pirates get the extra year of control that way without stunting development. But Oviedo is the guy that, he's been through this. They made that Quintana trade. They were not going to trade Jose Quintana without getting major league-ready pitching in return. That was the big thing they wanted at the trade deadline. And they got it in Oviedo. And they said immediately, we view this guy as a starting pitcher. And yeah, again, some things last year, the deep counts, sometimes missing locations, but he had a couple really good outings in there too. Something that after a year being in the Cardinals bullpen, you feel like, okay, he could take a step after this. So what is that next step? Does going to Indianapolis hurt that next step? Does that going into the bullpen Hurt that next step. And yes, I am going to reiterate it again. He will get a chance to pitch in the majors this year. He's going to make starts at some point. Nobody only uses five starters. The odds of them, Pirates, even getting through April or May without a hiccup or needing another starter are low. It's a good problem to have. It's a deeper rotation. They showed last year they desperately need depth. It's just, is it fair always? Maybe not even fair, but whenever it's at the cost of a young pitcher's roster spot, someone who could be part of this future rotation for years to come, as much as you love what a Vince Velazquez has potential-wise now that he's tweaked some mechanics. As much as you love what Rich Hill brings to the the team just from being a veteran. And yeah, Rich Hill was one of those guys who, after a bullpen session that Oviedo had, the two sat down and they talked to breaking stuff. So it's, it's something that they both do. Every starting pitcher on this team has a purpose either for upside or what they bring to the team or both or both it's just weird that after years of opportunity talk this team would have killed to have Johan Oviedo as a potential starter last year they traded away their best pitcher last year to get this guy having him sit either in Indianapolis to work, waiting, or wait in the bullpen for an opportunity. It's a shift. It's definitely a shift in the mentality and who gets the opportunities 
who gets to be depth in competition. Someone gets screwed in competition almost always. Like there's very rarely case where there's five people competing for a spot and just four people stunk. They didn't show anything. You're like, oh, it has to be this guy no matter what. Oviedo will get starts. It's just going to be a very different way than I think we would have foreseen back in September. Whenever he was showing promise, showing what he could do on a major league stage. We're going to take a break. We have more show coming up after this. back to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I wrote about Hayes this week. And if you haven't read the article, go read the article because I just want to opine for a couple minutes here about what I heard and why I think it's such a big deal for him. And I know the immediate response is going to be, of course, the analytics nerd likes hearing that the ball player is diving into batted ball data. He's learning more about spin. He's learning about what he should do at the plate to maximize rather than just hit. And okay, you got me. But this is important. This is a big one. Because Hayes has been such a divide, I feel like, of an analytical darling or someone who in the offensive sense you're like there's meat on this bone he could do so much more versus i test what you see is what you get the batting average isn't there the ops isn't there and yeah it's bad for a third baseman it's it's downright bad for a third baseman it's kind of bad regardless of position he was a below average hitter last year and some of that was health-wise And he made a real commitment to his body to make sure that doesn't happen this year. Because I know it, you know it, he knows it, everyone in baseball pretty much knows it. If he is hurt significantly again for a third straight year, unless it's something like a a hit by pitch breaks a bone or something, like the label is going to be, he's always hurt. And Andy Haynes, I feel, gave me the best quote on is like, I wish guys got more credit for playing hurt and grinding through things, but they never do. And that's fair. That's fair. Nobody wants to hear that Hayes was hurt all year last year, but he was someone who in Bradenton at Lecom Park last year was saying, look, I know I need to play a full year. That's big for me. I want to be available for my team. And say what you want performance-wise, he was there for his team. He was there for his pitchers. That means a lot. Now, it's the other part of being there. Being there to help the pitchers offensively. It was a very... It was a seven or eight minute chat. 
really. And I love talking to Key about his swing. Because he, he is very deliberate with it. Every movement, every thing that he is doing, he's really eyeing it up. He is really deliberate with it. It is everything is purposeful. Whatever he's working, he has an offensive plan that he executes. There's a lot of stuff you have to do with that. And he's done it whenever he's worked. There have been times, flashes, whenever he's done it. It's about doing that consistently. Being injured definitely hurts being able to do it consistently. So whenever I went to talk to him about his swing, he took the conversation to the batted ball. He took the conversation to getting that true spin. He took the conversation for, I fell out of sync last year. If I do this, if I pay attention to this, I'll be able to better monitor if I am in the wrong spot, if I am doing something wrong. And that's a big step of maturation. Because there were times last year, or 2021, 2020, whenever they would put exit velocities and stuff like that. And not saying that every hitter dives into that data, but he was kind of disinterested. Especially whenever you're rolling in 2020, like, I don't need to know what my exit velocity was on this, this, and this. It came off the bat well. It was a double for a reason. It was well executed. I think admitting, even if not vocally, that he should be paying more attention to this stuff is a big step. Someone who doesn't just hear, well, you have good analytics, you have good peripherals, but say, okay, what can I do to get the peripherals to the actual results? Because the actual results aren't there. I was pressing at times last year because I hadn't hit a homer. Whatever peripherals would have said, again, a conversation I had with Andy Haynes in mid-May after that Detroit Tigers series. I remember waiting out at Comerica Park for him. And he's like, Alex, we looked at it. Hayes should have like four or five homers already. And maybe last year turns out differently if Hayes has like four or five homers in mid-May. And he doesn't press. And he doesn't push with the injury. And there's a lot of stuff like that. But if he is better able to recognize that he can do stuff like that, that what he is doing works, and he stays with that attack plan, I think that is a huge step for unlocking Cabrian Hayes, major league hitter. Because all this guy really needs to do is be a slightly above league average hitter, and this guy is an all-star. You add 100 points to that OPS, he's an all-star. If you add 200 points to that OPS somehow... That is a huge jump. I'm not saying 200 points is happening, but you add 200 points right there, the guy probably gets MVP votes. This guy has potential to be this cornerstone player. And last year, even with everything that went wrong, even though he didn't produce really that much offensively, baseball reference still had him as a four-war player. Those players don't grow on trees. But if you can hit a little, 
make that four a five or a six or a seven. Boy, oh boy, does this rebuild get faster. It just takes one step faster. That is one less player, one less prospect that you have that needs to hit. That You can miss on one prospect if Hayes takes that step. And if you do get that prospect and then, you know, you have all those spots full, you're just one step closer to a division title, to winning a playoff series, to being a serious contender, to doing everything that you're supposed to do. This team needs more out of Hayes offensively. He recognized it. Took a good step this offseason. Look, of course, the, the analytics nerd is going to love the batted ball answer. But you know what? That's the answer that I've been kind of waiting for for years. For the conversation, I, I, I will talk about his swing with him any day of the week, any time of the week. For him to shift that conversation to that, that, I think, if this is the offensive year, I'm going to point back to that moment where I'm like, okay, something's changing here. Big year for him. Could be a big year offensively. I'll say it. We're going to take one more break. A little more show. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later. You know, I, I'm sorry this is kind of unprofessional, but I really have to make a phone call right now. So I'm, I'm going to let's see how long it takes him to pick up here. Or better yet, if it shows up on this podcast. Hello. Eddie. What's up? Is this Alex? Is this Eddie Provident? This is Eddie Provident. Hey, what are you doing this baseball season? What am I doing this baseball season? Hoping to God that the Pirates are better than the Penguins right now. Uh-huh. I think you and me and the and a street team could do pretty well compared to that right now. But hey, uh, why don't every Friday we just talk about the team? I, yeah, I like talking baseball. All right, let's let's talk some ball. You want to maybe record it? Yeah, you know what? Let's record it, and we're going to let it go to all the people who subscribe to the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Yeah, you know what? I used to I used to produce this show on that network. I, I think it was called um, Podcast to be Named Later. Yeah. Why don't we just use that? Yeah, I, I, it's tough to name stuff. Let's just go with that. Perfect. And we've already got all the art and all of the music and everything. We could just, uh, you know... We I'll, could just uh, roll. And, uh, yeah, I'll co-host and just kind of throw you softballs and and you uh, tell us what's going on with the Pirates. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. I like the. I, this is a great idea, Alex. You're 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 a genius. I I, I like to think so. I like Listen, to think. I don't I don't care what Chris Halleck says about you. You're, you're a great guy. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, we're we're gonna cut it off right there. Uh, next week. Yeah, let's do it next week. Next week. New era of the podcast to be named later. Be sure to stay tuned. Eddie, get your last word in. (laughs) Let's go, Pacos. All right. Thank you so much for listening. 
We'll talk again next week. <laughs>